Hey, what is going on, everybody? Welcome back to Reacts with the two hosts of the Asia. Podcast, Mike Fantini and Evan Worrell. As you can see from today's video title, and probably now on the screen, we're joined by Tom Rarick. Had him on last year after the 2021 season ended. He agreed to come on and uh, hang out with us again, similar to Max, similar to Ungs, just trying to talk to everybody as much as we can. Uh, you know, he's coming off a hell of a season, historic season for the Bluecoats, won that Fred Sanford, so can't wait to talk about some of that and just kind of what happened with the show design, thoughts behind everything, just what was the season like, just get into all that stuff, and we're going to do what we always do and play some stuff and talk about it, and hopefully everybody can learn something. So, Tom, how's it been? It's been a minute. I didn't get a chance to say hi in finals lot. Yeah, I didn't see you, but um, yeah, it's going going well. Just got done, obviously, with the season and finishing up all the marching band writing and all that kind of stuff, beginning uh, the fall band stuff and getting ready for next year and, you know, keeps on keeps on going. So, yeah, uh, how was yeah. obviously good, good congrats on that uh, on the season and obviously Thanks. winning the Fred Sanford and just overall to the Blue Coats silver medalists, uh, a great production that they put together. Uh, all came together at the very end of the season, but how's it feel yeah. now? Does it, does it settled in? Was it just kind of a shock and awe moment when they said your name? I mean, I mean it's the first time for the core, first time for me. So it's obviously it's special. Um, so it's, yeah, it's surprising is the wrong word, but it's also like, it's like we always kind of like set out with this kind of goal and feel like we're in the conversation, you know, on, on most years too. So it wasn't like a surprise, but, it was certainly exciting that it happened. <laughs> it was, oh, yeah. It was, a, you know, it, was a, it was a season that, like, there's so many great percussion sections this year, so it was really fun to – well, m most times it was fun, but it was, like, it was, it was great, like, seeing the achievement of the activity at large and then also just seeing the trajectory of our percussion section just kind of, like, they started out great and we, like, you know, had a – the season was kind of a grind. I'm sure it was for everybody. You have your highs and lows, and they, they kind of reached a, a point of consistency at the very end that really kind of propelled them into finals week with, you know, three great performances. And, yeah, so just really proud and really um, you experienced everything along the way, I guess, you know, in terms of, you know, excitement at the product and the show and the possibilities, the self-questioning, the all, all those things that people go through in the middle of a process, and then – to kind of, you know, follow through to an end result that was, you know, really special for the for the core. It was a interesting ride, and you know, it was it was ultimately really rewarding. I'm really proud of it. So. Absolutely. So, congrats to you. Congrats to the tech staff, uh, the other designers, and obviously, congrats to the members of the the 2022 Blue Coats Percussion Ensemble and Drum Corps as well. Um, you mentioned the show design, and this show was. It was an interesting one. I think that it yeah. definitely caught people's attention from the beginning. So what were those conversations like with pitching the show idea and the, I guess, behind-the-scenes look of putting it together and what you wanted it to do and the story that you wanted it to tell? Kind of how that all come to fruition. Uh, well, I mean, I, I guess a lot of it, a little bit too was just trying to look for something that was different. We'd done two years of Beatles shows that were, I love those shows and we did a lot of cool things in them. And like, I'm extremely proud of them, but it was time for something else. I think we all yeah. felt that as, as a design team. And we just have like a running kind of folder of like tunes that we just, 
if doesn't mean we want to play it necessarily, but like there's something interesting, there's something intriguing, there's something just ideas in your back pocket you can pull from whenever you need some inspiration, you need some cool stuff. Exactly. Like, will this stuff combine well? Yeah, Makes and sense. not even not even that. Just like, hey, this thing is cool. I'm not sure what it would do <laughs> if it even has a place in any show. It could be just a mood. It could be a texture. Whatever. You just throw it in the folder and just like people just listen to it. So we have that kind of thing running, and like there's we had a few like little you know ideas but uh it was actually from like the visual side of the aisle that like because I, I i forget who had thrown that tune the taming the dragon that actually has the narrative from the show uh like composed into it i don't know who put that in there in the folder but it was you know it's, it's great drumming it's really cool textures and really cool from a you know narrative it's also kind of vulgar too <laughs> if you listen to the original uh which was also awkward to kind of you know say hey we're doing this show about this thing but it it's explicit, so just be careful. Um, but anyhow, but the I think for the visual side of things, people kind of were, were we started getting kind of questions like, "Hey, this what's this Taming the Dragon tune? Like, it's really interesting from a story perspective and a you know uh, imagery perspective." Uh, so, and then that kind of comes back to the music side, and you kind of start going, "Well, okay, like this this is really neat. We could do something with this kind of vibe, this analog kind of like." I don't know, like, it's not really psychedelic, but it's like dream state kind of not in reality kind of stuff. And that's yeah. interesting from a textural standpoint. Like, so you really kind of, we started to get the sense of like, okay, there's, there's something here from an overriding kind of vibe. There's something, there's a sense of like the, the, the narrative is like not super, like, it's a very simple, like kind of story, really. The guy just has like a, Hey, I had this dream. I'm this, this guy. This guy cuts us off in traffic. I get mad. And then I talk about how I'm going to manage my feelings in the future based on how that kind of scene went. There's that revelation, I guess, at the end, right? right? So it's not really a compelling story necessarily. And that's kind of the cool thing about it. We're not trying to say anything very like, you know, we're not trying to teach anything necessarily. It's just more of like an experience. And I think, yeah. and that was intriguing because it wasn't so heavy that we felt the need to do anything. Um, it was open-ended musically, I guess, on how we would treat it. So it's kind not of, like overly esoteric that people just can't grasp right. it. It's pretty straightforward, right? Uh, and and that allows you to kind of like take that and so like, what if we blew that out over twelve minutes, like that narrative, edit it down to what's important, digestible, and kind of you know retains enough of, of the of the original kind of like vibe of it, but also makes it kind of understandable by a in, a in a drum force setting and then kind of kind of insert music that kind of reflects those moods or the actions or you know and that was kind of the, the motivation for kind of like scoring the whole thing or kind of like a word painting i guess really interpreting words and like what that would sound like musically and that reciprocal nature of those two things what you're seeing and hearing Right. So that was really interesting. And then the draw of like, kind of like we'd done shows in the, you know, the mid 2010s that were felt, you know, the tilt, the connect noise, the, those things that were always kind of like doing something a little bit new or uncomfortable that we hadn't done before. And not that the Beatles shows weren't experimental in some ways, but like they were, they were more like rock concerts in a way. Like yeah, that we yeah, already kind of done those things. So injecting like a spoken narrative throughout the entire show and figuring out different ways to inject that was really 
I think it was kind of like the thing that drew us there was like, okay, this is our new thing. We're going to try and take on this challenge and make this, you know, palatable, you know, and, and, you know, throughout the course of a show and just like and use music and be relatable that way and just, and try and depict this as you go through the show. So that, you know, that was the challenge of that. And I think that's what it kind of drew us to, you know, that material. So. I think that that's, Early on, I think a lot of people, including myself, would were watching the show early season, and we were trying to find this super deep meaning. And I was just like, "What is going on?" Like, yeah. and it wasn't done, obviously, at that point. But right. early season, I, I remember I had several questions. I was like, "I I have no idea what's happening. Like, what am I supposed to do?" Yeah. Until you kind of get to the end, and you're like, "All right." All right. <laughs> it definitely takes the full watch to somewhat get it but admittedly same here i didn't really the first few times i saw it, it didn't really resonate with me a whole lot but the more times i saw it you know watching the regionals on flow and all that stuff it's like it grew on me little by little by little and i picked up new things every time because there's a lot going on throughout the entire production and it's was really cool once like fourth or fifth read i texted evan and i was just like this is actually like I like this. Like they're playing a lot of stuff. They're still, even if it's very, very new age drum corps and it's approach and kind of not traditional in any, any sense, there still are right. moments. And I noticed this from the on-field battery cam. When I watched that, I was like, they're, they're hoofing it. Like they're still, despite having the skin of this new drum corps type of product, they're still yeah. have that, those elements of just like drumming a lot, running Got around the field, but the, bo- the body all makes sense. The cohesiveness was there. Like, it was really, really cool to watch develop. And I appreciated it more and more every time I watched it. Yeah, the, the bones are the same, right? It's like it's yep. moving and playing. And, like, when you're out in the field, you see that. Like, it's really obvious that there's a high degree of, like, simultaneous, like, you know, demand, all those things, all the judge words that, you know, you, that we, you'd use to describe all that stuff. But um, And we knew that, too, like, as far as, like, the show is a bit – more obtuse than things we've done recently for sure like in terms of it's going to take a few listens it's going to take education is probably the wrong word but just like us explaining it or at least performing it more or performing it more convincingly like to get it to like kind of resonate and be really um, effective in the way that we want it to be so and this will segue i guess into watching this but like what you said performing it more convincingly at the end there's no denying what just the whole core was doing, moving really well, playing really well, uh, spinning, dancing really well. Like there was an, un, or it was undeniable that it was just a great ensemble. And that really came across and helped pro- propel the show, I think, a, a whole lot, which is what you want. Uh, yeah, we, we certainly got there. It was like a process of, I think, I mean, we changed the show a lot. Oh, at, at, at parts of the show, we changed a lot. Like the very end of the show had several different iterations till we got that the way we wanted it to be. Like there was a couple weeks where it was a down ending. It was like a kind of like the the guy woke up at the very end. It was very, it was more artistic and it was very, very cool, but it just wasn't maybe what the arc of the show needed to be ultimately effective. I think in, in, in that arena, but like, uh, but I think it was one of those like inertia things where like we, we kept changing and adjusting and like, uh, the members just kind of like took that and were pretty like steady, consistent with all that stuff, but they never had a chance to get comfortable, I think, until like the last week or so. And they really kind of 
you know, inadvertently kind of peaked at the right time. We didn't plan it that way necessarily. Like we don't, you, you want to, you want it to be right, of course, when you hand it to them. But like, you mess with it, you kind of like keep it going. You tweaks here, tweaks there, tweaks there, and then eventually, you know, sometimes it just works out in a really good pacing to where they felt. I think they're most comfortable that that final week. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, yep. let's get into yeah, it, gents. We have a sure. video here that um, the I think it's the Blue Coats like media production team did of a percussion yep. standstill yep. and this is not on youtube anywhere this is like kind of exclusive to us right where be the first one out in this anywhere yeah for the time being like the yeah the course media team did a fantastic job um liz clayton who runs that department of um uh, the blue coats like media social media outreach stuff is does a great job heading that up and the videographers and uh just you know the, the the whole media team just did a great job all summer but they uh, shot some video for finals week for us some of the stuff that the front ensemble did as far as uh, like their kind of lot tunes the um uh stance performance here and and you know some other special things you know you know throughout that week so yeah nice for week. sure all right, yeah. let's dive in we'll pause many times i'm sure and elaborate but i'm excited the video quality is great we previewed it a little bit beforehand let's just get right into it uh, did i go all the way back yeah here we go perfect i had this trippy dream where this cat was driving me around in an old convertible later on it turned into a vw van and near the end it was more like this spaceship kind of hard not to smile at that yeah we were high up looking over the road but the front console was shaped like a van and it still had the convertible top great mix of the guy vibe color and slightly assisted by pathetic stuff like just yep. that kind of great dreamy quality of the bowed vibes sets the tone really well yeah this kind of incessant like dotted quarter it is there's always to me like an abstracted kind of alarm clock in a way. It's, I mean, you're not supposed to get that necessarily. It was just always that kind of like ting, 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 like little thing. It's me of like the Siri or the Apple yep. alarm. Yeah. Yeah, like you can imagine a cross between Lou Reed and his hopper. That's the dude who was driving. pause for a sec to point out i really dug the way the lead-in to like the that phrase coming to fruition where it was just those crescendo herta figures into those two roll figures which led perfectly into like i guess the hit you could call it and i want to sure. back up a little bit and just let people point out i just really loved that part of that phrase even in the lot without the front but it works so well to go in it's interesting it's got the growth they hit you with the hand speed on the rolls and it's just clean pristine and right into the phrase I also before love. You, go ahead, go ahead Tom. I was gonna say before you do that too, like this. When I listen to these parts like individually, that's why I kind of sent this video to. Is like when you just hear herta 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 roll out, you know, like that's it's cool because they play it well because you know they it's it's immaculate usually, <laughs> but but it, without everything together like the voice, the keyboard stuff, that in the background like balancing all those things together is like really the fabric of the phrase 
I found when I listened to things like piecemeal that I was like, oh, I should make that more complicated. I should make that harder. I should make that more impressive. But it, a lot of this was like clearing way and like creating a bed for the narration to like live on top of, on top of, but also be interesting at the same time or hope to be. Uh, so I guess if you're listening to the percussion, percussive voices, like listen to the, I think the, the front ensemble information, the battery, the way it colors and kind of like has a more static quality and allows the voice to kind of like do its thing. Like in a, in, they all have their own frequency range and expressive range that they kind of operate in. So. What I was going to say is I remember watching a standstill of the blue coats at a show when it, I think it got rained out or something, but the front ensemble wasn't playing. It was just the battery and the horns, yeah. but you miss so much of the percussion ensemble, mm -hmm. uh, just interplay with the sure. front not being there. But listening to this right now, there's just so much enjoyment between what's happening front to back that it's hard not to smile. So, Yep. All right. right, let's. I think I went back far enough here. Let's listen to that again and let, it, let things keep going here. Yeah, like you can imagine a cross between Lou Reed and Dennis Hopper. That's the dude who was driving. This changes the energy. Yep. Yeah, it's really creating valleys dynamically for the voice to come through and still playing underneath it. One thing I get to a lot of, and you can elaborate, is uh, just the interplay back and forth of maybe when there's a moment of more front space as far as the density of notes, like the battery will fill in, and then the the rolls flop when like there's some of those fast runs where the the battery's playing more of those bigger doom 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 just to like compensate to where things never feel super thick laid on top of each other. Yeah, and you kind of save those devices for, like, when you want some things to be vertical and really full, like, front to back, too, like, propel you into, like, the next dynamic or, like, the next heightened part of the phrase. Um, so, like, that first part of it, like, when they hit that hit, it's like the, the brass stuff is pretty chordal, like, and it stays that way for, for a while. So it's kind of up to percussion to kind of create that up and down and kind of in, into these kind of, like, sub-phrases and, like, a sense of energy and variety and... Like a, you're reacting to the kind of the hand speeds and the different things like that. Right. So it's each one of those kind of sub four bar phrases that has its own like little identity, but also should be progressing forward into the next phrase to when it broadens out into like a, you know, like a 12, eight kind of thing. And then uh, ultimately climaxes with that kind of different kind of hand speeds with the six stroke roll motif that we kind of use throughout the show. Um, and kind of caps things off rhythmically there at the very end. Very cool. I think that you said too, like, I love when people build those micro phrases on top of like a bigger idea to really climax an idea. So, yep. As everybody hears my ice clink around in my glass. All right, let's keep going. Hear this next phrase. Kind of the we front set lead in. Up to a the classic Rarick cross stick. Cross stick, man. 
There's you a couple point, of them. Hold on. You pointed that out. Uh, where's my mouse? Yeah. Where's my mouse? It's fine. Go ahead. We talked. Think if you hit the space it. bar. No, it's not YouTube. I don't know if the space bar works. I'll try it next time though when we start up here. But uh, you pointed it out when we hung out with you last yeah. season at the end, end of the year. You kind of called out the cross stick thing. It's like it works well where you put it, but now I can't never. I, I can't not notice it. It always <laughs> stands out to me every time it happens. I'm just like, oh, there it the is. First time my cross stick. First of my own self scouting, I guess. Or like, <laughs> oh man. <laughs> but no, I, mean, it, I think it, it just, always works. It just, it's a way. It's a way to add. I think. Uh, sense of interest like but also being subtle i think i mean i'm not the first one to do it obviously i, I remember yeah I jim casella used to use it to great effect uh -huh. like with you know, santa clara those you know, late 90s early 2000s lines that's probably like most impressionable in my head where it's like he wasn't afraid to kind of just provide like a groove and a sense of color and yeah. there's a way to like the whole percussion section had a sense of energy and kind of involvement but it was extremely supportive yeah, it's a way I, where you're I, not the focus, yeah. but you still want that drive and momentum and like that metronome yeah. type deal, but you want it to groove, fit in with the music and what else is happening on the field, and it just works really well. And yeah, I'm not yeah. calling it out saying it's like worn no, out I, or anything. It's like, I, don't, I love it. I, don't I just can't unsee it. <laughs> so you mentioned about the drum set players too. Like we did use two, two drum set players, uh, uh, Jai, who played the past two seasons, and uh, Artem, uh, who's on side one. And they're just fantastic performers and very individual but also they work extremely well together like that if you want to back up before this little tenor thing too yeah yeah i was gonna back a, up a minute there's a split like kind of like 16th lick they kind of split between the two of them that kind of introduces this new phrase this whole thing from here to the end of this production was all about kind of changing this uh, kind of changing the mood of the show we start out with like he, they, they, we're kind of traveling across. We go from side two to side one, mm -hmm. like physically on the field, uh, but it's also as we're kind of experiencing like going up the highway with this. There's like the part with the we saw this washed out orange and the pollution. There's the whole tone thing with like in the in the keyboards and a and a, and a roll that kind of goes directionally ends with a it, a lot of little textural kind of like points in there. Also adds some kind of like tension at the very end of this as with this impending kind of conflict that's coming. So again, these aren't like overt things, but they're just like things to lead you through like the storyline of the show. And this is very much like composed to like the, the rhythm of the vocal or the narrative. You kind of had that first and then you kind of put the, the music below it to kind of support that and like there, work within those peaks and valleys. There was a narrative. few times throughout the show where the, the rhythms really fit with the, with the yeah. narrative and the vocals. And it was certainly planned out that way. I mean, but it's a different thing when you, like, put it on the field. Like, when we did this section you're about to hear, like, the first, like, couple times, like, on the field, like, it was, I mean, to be quite honest, it was a mess. Like, it's like, oh, that's never going to work. It's like talking and playing and this aggressive movement across the field. And it's, it just takes a level of, I think, well, shout out to, like, Ryan Kilgore, Alan Justice, the guys that really got in there and, like, detailed this dynamically to make sure that that stuff yeah so like in the score where it goes down like the end of two like that's important that they're at piano by then because the voice starts on three and you have to be able to hear that and it's it was a whole different level of kind of coordination ensemble balance right so we had the battery we had the front ensemble then we also had this vocal element you had to like balance all three of those things rather than just kind of two entities so shout out to those guys and Obviously, Roger included with that too, but yeah, uh, Ryan, Ryan Kilgore, especially like kind of monitoring that like overall ensemble and 
readability of all these elements was just uh, invaluable in this process. So. Yeah. Yep. All right, let's hear that drum set lead in again. Keep sure. going. Hear the end of this raid one more time. JP killed it. Oh, dude, the so the cool. race car in with the roll. That's so cool. I never, I literally never noticed that till right now. As we yep. the light, yeah, the front of someone is like a directional thing too. They, they hear it go. My man slammed on the brakes and narrowly averted a mashup. Got my blood boiling, but I wasn't the one driving. Another big stylistic change. So this was really, uh, well, I'll, I'll talk about it when we hear it. Yes. Is he on the march machine? Killed it? That pitch is down on the timpani. Yeah. Ooh. I'll just talk about the beginning of that a little bit. Right now? You're right, You're right there. Yeah. Yep. yep. Spacebar does work. So, Noted. So this <laughs> So this whole thing, obviously, in the narrative is where, like, this guy in the sports car cut us off kind of thing. I wasn't, you know, got my blood boiling, but I wasn't the one driving. So there's like a – so he kind of defers to this guy, the, the, the guy who's driving him, but he's also kind of, you know, angry at this moment. So there's like a little bit of angularity. It's also the moment where the, the kind of the, the spokes and like the, the, this abstracted kind of automotive like prop comes across, you know, rolling prop comes across the field. So I had the advantage of kind of like knowing what that looked like, I think before I wrote this, or like at least with the sketches of that kind of uh, set piece and the rolling prop kind of was. Uh, so like kind of like that whole beginning was like my interpretation or accompaniment texturally of what that prop looked like. It was like kind of car sounds, metallics, things that spun, kind of circular, kind of things like that. Like there's that, like the rototom, like the spoke thing that spun, that had that kind of, <laughs> Yeah. You spun it. I mean, I learned that from Neil Larrabee, obviously. It brought the cadets. We did that. They did that in the 90s. And I, it was like, a, you know, it was, but it was really cool to create those sounds like, acoustically and i just remember like well especially like that sound i remember it was like his front ensembles being so colorful and very like vibrant that way but that it's just one of those things that kind of fit it was really cool to do those sounds acoustically rather than create them from an electronic perspective i um, love that yep. uh in, sure. just so much creativity and yeah, yeah. 
I think and, what does it for me so much in this show is just all the different sounds that come together. It just spans the yeah. whole soundscape, so many implements, so many different things. The interplay between all the different sections and the way it's just I I've got I've, I'm, yeah. and like I've done my share of just like battery arranging, but the front ensemble stuff just always blows me away because mm-hmm. there's so many options. Uh, not even just within like yeah. the keyboards and the mallet selection and this and that, but just all the accessories that you can just utilize to your advantage. And I just really love when people get creative and it's like, man, I haven't seen somebody play the Rototom in quite a while or something. Well, it's sometimes it's about like limiting your options too. Like, like in this section, like I knew, okay, like it's metallic, it's angular, it's these things. And it's like, and I don't really hear keyboard sounds in here, like for most of this tune. So maybe we just don't do that. We just play three chords of this tune without hearing a keyboard sound. We had Tippany, which was tonal, but like everything else was, it was concert toms, it was like cymbal stacks, it was marching machine. There were three different, snare. three different concert snares around the front. It was all orchestral slash kind of, you know, folio effect kind of like color of, of things that was happening on the field. So that was kind of the parameter that you kind of created. Like you were saying about so many possibilities. Sometimes it's just about deciding on what your, like your world is you're living in and just be trying to be like max out that kind of world. Right. Rather than going, that makes sense. Yeah. So, so that's kind of where that, the first half of this section, at least, you know, kind of came from. Cool. Yep. That's space bar action. You're welcome. (laughs) Thank you. Uh, Split That's shots. one of the best down the line snare shots. Trade off yeah. like like just down the line, ping, 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 ping. The quality between each individual player, you always hear those differences, but yeah. I hear the least differences in that one. It smacks yeah, me in the face every time I heard it all season. It's one of the best ones I've ever pretty heard. Pretty good at it. Yeah, yeah for sure. it was in like first I, time it happened. It just went, Jesus. I remember writing it, and I was like, nah, it's probably not going to happen. But, like, at least we get the idea. <laughs> well, we get the idea that, like, something visual should happen here or, like, just, like, a little flare at the end of the part in some it's, way. But it's a testament it was- of, one, because usually when you do, like, the snare split thing, you ha- you hear – you can tune snare drums and get them real close. But when you do right. one one after the other like that, you're going to slightly hear a little bit For of variation. Sure. But yeah. it works when they're all playing together. But a testament yep. to the tuning – and how close it was to sound that good and the hand pressure of the shot from every sure. snare drummer down the line to be able yeah, to keep it that consistent from player to player. That's what impressed is the most impressive thing about it to me. Bass drummers are over here like, yo bro, what do you think we do? Well, well no, I know the yeah, sound quality exactly. thing, but they're tuned to different tones. You're supposed to hear a different tone. There is a little more forgiveness. Yeah. 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 When you're on the uh, snare yeah, drum, it's supposed to all be the same, but you always hear that slight difference. <laughs> Every time was, a group does it, yeah. but this it is the kind best of finishing, thing. finishing this phrase in the same, like it starts with kind of like, so like the, the, the wind material here, the horns, they had this bump, 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 thing was like incessant, like through this part. So, and those became loops at a certain point. We sampled them. They became electronic and kind of, it's in and out of that kind of thing. And right there that the beginning of that last phrase with the snares enter, they, they become essentially the rhythm of the loops. It's colored, or it's provided in the in the in the synth and like the sampled voice, but they're dut jut dut jut dut jut dut, which is split themselves. So like every other bar had like some sort of split effort in it. So that was like the culmination of that kind of idea of a phrase. Yep. It works. So yep. All right, let me. I want to hear it again, 
because I'm about it. Puppet snare to snare to splits. Every time. Bum, bum. I can hear the wind in my head. Yep, me too. Wind, brass, same thing. In it. Oh yeah, she's always performing. <laughs> God, so. That's the first time we heard keyboards in the tune. Kind of build this energy at the very end. Very full vertical, vertical moment. They just really dropped the space out of nowhere. Yep. Yep. I love that whole chunk. This feels good. Yeah, so wouldn't you know it, we pulled right up behind that cat of delight, and there he was, glaring at us through his rear view. Just place that left yeah, high double. So difficult. What's gonna do about it? Really proud of this phrase. So I said to Lou Reed slash Dace Hopper, I'll just call him Lou now. Man, aren't you gonna say something to that guy? Dude, the timing of the shot. That guy. Stop yeah. right there, baby. We can talk a little bit about that. Sure. But that was one of those that was like, so that whole phrase with, with just voice and battery was like, that's one of those like if we watch a lot video, it'd be like the the voice is all like part of the stair line at that point or part of the battery at, the, at that point really so it's hard to talk about one without the other for me so like like to actually like craft that like we kind of like edited the narrative down to what we wanted it to be and then it was the idea was to use the battery themselves as a transitional device but also like a feature kind of thing with and just creating again that parameter of just like voice and battery and like how creative can we be within that which was really exciting honestly um, my tendency would be to tell like at certain points, like throughout the year, like especially early on was like, all right, we have these drum set players. We have like the stuff we could like color little simple things here and there. Like we could, we could max this out or make it bigger, but I'm kind of glad we didn't because that retained a bit more purity. I think than the way that it was presented just, just with voice, just with the battery ensemble. Very exposed. Yeah. So I think it was just a different thing. And I, you know, kind of tried to produce it without using the, at least familiar techniques, you know, like in terms of more robust kind of orchestration, do it more expressively, I think, in that marriage between the the spoken word and the textures of the battery. So it kind of starts with like a rhythmic rub. It's like the that bump, 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 bump. You hear the, the bass drums stay in duple. Tenor snares kind of have this like quarter triplet thing and then the isolated left hand, which kind of becomes a foreshadowing of some things later, but really playing with like kind of longer like sounds like the decrescendos, the um, there's triplet roll at like 192, then five lit roll, nine lit roll, just like subtle differences in kind of effort and sustain that hopefully like create that sense of like just kind of just undulating underneath and kind of weaving with within and, and above and around kind of the vocal. That's so, pretty sick. And just a couple different times in there, like where you wanted like. Think of a kind of a decrescendo right hand, 
what are you going to do about it? Like kind of like things like that. We try to line up like, like that. And then yeah. the, you know, say something to that guy. That was my single favorite measure of the show. You know, say something <laughs> to that guy. And when that shot like lines up, which it did 99.9% of the time uh, with the vocal, it was just the, it's a really cool moment. The resonance of the rim shot, a little space after it. Yeah. Um, the way it lines up with the voice. So I saw yeah. several people talking about that. Just like, lining up that shot with that vocal <laughs> that narrative i was really tickled that people actually noticed that because it didn't happen for a long time till, <laughs> or at least to, to my knowledge it was like I spent a lot of time getting there like it was important to me but like yeah. you have a lot of those things over the years that are like important to you and nobody it's not they don't care it just doesn't resonate the same way yeah. it's right. like, back up just else notices like yeah. unprompted it's like oh cool like i guess we communicated a little bit so. i think i'm mid in the middle of that snare phrase this should be back far enough gonna do about it because i said to lou reed slash dez hopper i'll just call him lou now man aren't you gonna say something to that guy <laughs> these are these kind of major minor chords from the original team of the dragon he's like you know, uh... man, the only way i'm gonna put something out there like that is if i'm ready to dance with that cat you know what i mean Obviously, a transition textually here. And you put something out there, there, there's consequences, you know? That snare phrase was a little oh, bit of a combination between myself and Sebastian in the snare line. And I remember. Kind of oh, nice. Nice. Yep. yep. I sent him some ideas. I was like, hey, man, you guys are right there in the drill. Let's do something. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, it was, it was pretty cool. <laughs> the journey of this show musically is just so intriguing the whole time like as it moves from moment to moment phrase to phrase yeah yeah the variety of the narrative really allowed us yeah. to kind of explore whatever we wanted to yeah but the main thing was variety and the main thing was creating contrast with these parts of the subconscious essentially that sounds really heavy but really it's just no kind of not at all different stuff in the middle of that. Ooh, that brr, brr. Yeah. Yeah. Great face for that. Tasty. This is the guitar solo right here. So a little so bit pause. minimal of texture. Did you yep. guys have any anticipation that the guitar would become as big of a thing as it did? <laughs> I mean... Not really, but kind of. It was like... <laughs> they knew so, what they were doing. Well, not... So this tune was probably <laughs> in March at some point or early April kind of thing. We were kind of like writing this tune in, in earnest. And I remember Doug sent like a sketch of this back half of the tune. Like to... We had talked about using Ryan as a... He's an amazing performer. Just as He's a mellophone player in the core. He's also a like a piano performance major at uh, Berkeley. Like, he does like all, all kinds of stuff. So he's like, okay. Yeah. He sings, plays <laughs> piano. I think tap dances does. He's all of it. Multi, uh, yeah. multi-talented performer for sure. So we knew he had, obviously had skills, um, you know, that way Doug sent him some information 
uh, as far as like a lead sheet kind of thing for what this could be. It's like, hey, what would you do here? You know, kind of thing. And uh, then he sent back, they traded some files back and forth. And we kind of quickly knew that we had something there, like from Doug sent him something that was very cool. And then he said something back that was cooler. <laughs> I love that. And then, yeah, it was gave him a few kind of like guide words of like things to listen to and like uh, influences and so yeah, we we knew it was going to be a thing, kinda. But you n- never quite know with that. It could come off as depending on how it's presented, or you know, it, it could be cheesy. It could be the coolest thing ever. Who a little bit of both. Who knows, you know? But uh, really took on a really special kind of place in the show. Obviously, in a place in yeah the drum corps season overall. So. Yeah, for sure. Drum corps history. Yeah, yeah. I would say like that moment from this year, uh, the guitar. And then the cello thing from the Troopers sure. are just very innovative things that stood out as like, I've never seen that before. And they were done really well. Yep. You know, it comes down to having a fantastic performer that can really own that stage yeah. and be consistent. Right. Fill and, the space. Handle of course, the moment. And, yeah. and also just from a performance quality standpoint, just have like a kind of a, an ability to communicate with the audience beyond what they're doing with their instrument. It was really. He definitely could do that. Really it was very watch. fun. Yeah, very, sure. very entertaining. So, so this part is all is kind of that build up of the trading between the guitar and the trumpets. It's very, you know, vibe motors, like a dreamy quality shakers background. It was really, it was one of my favorite parts of the show to write. Honestly, it was because it was just about writing good music. It wasn't trying to satisfy a narrative. It wasn't trying to do anything else. It was, okay, how would you support this best musically? And just, you know, kind of bring it home at the very end. So this is really fun to write. So. Let's yep, enjoy let's it. keep rolling. Yep. Or cross sticks for you, too. <laughs> set fill up the end of the church. Yeah. So they performed the heck out of that. There was times where that was like those rim shots and hopping in the air and just like the retard of that moment. There's so much space between the beats. The energy gets you, you just get into it so much. And... Like, yep. I think the color group is like rehearsing the exact same part at the same time right here just like a, a click at the exact same tempo yeah. I remember sending sending Tommy Rome down to like yell at them <laughs> I'm making a recording <laughs> here like, we, like I think Tommy and I looked at each other and he's like you want me to go down there and say something like yeah <laughs> <laughs> I can just like, see Tommy just trucking care it down it, the yeah. field oh absolutely yeah, all in so this was the so, so the three of the tenors were vocoded 
Um, you see the, the, the mic pack there on Jay. He was kind of a bad they had some of that pizzicato string stuff. It was kind of far back in the field as far as the original version. Yeah, they were back on the prop. Yeah, so it was a mix of kind of like brush texture and like, so he's activating all those kind of, you know, pizzicato string textures that kind of binded all that together before the kind of acapella horns and and tippany thing. I don't think the tippany version's in here. We didn't do that for the percussion run through. Just the pit run through, so yeah, it's part five here. This was actually going to be the beginning of the 2020 show. Oh, really? This this chart right here, yeah. So I've been writing this for like three years. Fun fact. How many times did you change it? I mean, I left it alone for about a year and then came back to it. You know, they they got a version of it at the January camp, and then another version in in May for sure, and then it kept evolving, but. Some of the hardest stuff, just from a combined like skill set perspective, just keyboard coverage, harmonic exposure. I think in terms of there's nowhere to hide in here in terms of you know, wrong notes. It's all extremely exposed. And uh, Blue Pit just owned that moment. Yeah, he was one of the more special moments for me. They really liked it on the like tapes. Much appreciated. This moment was always intriguing too. The add-in. Can you stop here, maybe? Yeah, they they added in differently, right? If for those that haven't yeah. noticed, like they all had a different, yeah. like from right to left, it was different. Uh, yeah. So, um, back up to that front ensemble moment, just to put a bow on that sure, too. Sure, yeah, it was yeah. one of those like that was it kind of went from like our most like lush and kind of connected and legato and those kind of moments and very tuneful to like pretty much displaying every technique that we kind of do, like not intentionally necessarily, but just kind of evolved that way. It was never like, that's just kind of the form of the tune. So it was never intended to be like just for a costume change. It ended up facilitating that costume change for the whole core, I guess. Um, But it was just a cool moment of front ensemble for about a minute of the show with color guard and, just a different moment for us, a different way to kind of structure like a ballad because we had that kind of like minute and a half of brass before this and then kind of the front ensemble took the second half of that and transitioned this into this last part of the show. Um, so just kudos to the Blue Pit on on the performance of that just all, all year and just the achievement of it. It was really special for me. So the, um, the act in here, so th- this went on... <laughs> couple different versions too because there's like an intentional kind of like rub like written into it so essentially what i wrote originally was so you see sebastian's like he's on the 50 mm-hmm. he's like pulled out i had him start like by himself like a five let roll so this is all at 176 i think a five let roll with like no checkpoints in it it was just like a five let roll for like this whole phrase essentially so it was just him but the idea of like everybody kind of waking up individually with those kind of like thinking about things from that transition earlier in the show this left hand right. and nine let partials so they all have that kind of like so it's a five let roll against like a nine let partial which obviously doesn't line up the drum staff was kind of looking at me like what do you what what do you want me to do with this you know like kind of they they were very cool about it but this was kind of the compromise <laughs> we came to there's like checkpoints in the five let roll because that was way too long to have them just like a roll with no kind of kind of foothold latch <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So it didn't end up changing the intent at all. It was just more of a 
one of those things where you design it like a certain way, like here's what I, in concept, here's what I'd like for it to happen. And then Roger goes and works with it and goes, okay, here's what we can do. <laughs> you know, like here's what's possible. And then maybe meet in the middle or you meet somewhere, but this is what it ended up being. So there are moments like there's this five-lit role that's at Pianissimo, right? And at, after they play their like, dude, thinking about thing, they add into that five-lit role uh, kind of at the edge. And then by, so by the end of this phrase, they all lock into that. Then it's a sub or a, a triplet roll. Then it's obviously normal playing after that. But it was one of those kind of like we have to live in those moments where there's like a little bit of texture created by a rhythmic rub, right? That five, yeah, fivelet sixteenth against the the ninelet. But it's these, it's the volume and it's the commitment, it's the style, it's all those things that kind of make the part maybe hopefully more than just rhythm and just clean and vertical. It makes it like interesting from a textual standpoint. So that was the whole idea. Yeah, when you when you're really going for it from an intent standpoint of, all right, we have to intentionally make it sound the way we want it to, but then it has to be right. So there has to be like a happy marriage of like, we hear the rub, but then it settles in. So we're like, oh, okay, I understand that right. it was intentional because you didn't just attack that that bad. It took a little explanation, and then it was also it was on the performers and also on the staff to make it convincing too. Like there yeah, were two right. different things happening, so you you can't do those things like halfway. It has to look like it's going to rub too. Like it has to be yeah. so convincing and overt that it's like that's what it's supposed to be. Yeah, yeah, yep, makes sense. All right, we got this last. I think there's like looks like two minutes left in this video. Let's knock this out. Keep you steady. And this other part that's raging, full of anger. Like old Lou and the crazy dude in the dream. Being the person I earlier in the show. But they're all a part of it. to say yeah. that's the end of this that's the end of the, the end of the show yep obviously percussion parts and books are written to be played together it's written to make sense together as one cohesive thing interplaying with each other but this is one of those that 
really has to be heard together, man. It's it's so interesting. It's so cool to listen to. Like, yeah, hyped a lot videos, hear the clean rolls, but like, it's a whole nother level of appreciation for what's going on. Like, just that last phrase there, the 16th on the marimbas on the on the boards, just the the length of that and the interplay and what's going on behind it and lining that all up and the intricacy of it all. This is this really is a package you have to appreciate and watch together. And I mean. That's the goal for everyone every year with every show they write, because again, you're judging the overall show. But man, it's it's an experience to watch this. Like I'm gonna go back and watch. It. I, I get to watch it again when I edit this. I'm actually yeah. excited to do so. Usually, I look forward to that anyway, and like seeing what we talked about and just sure. reliving it. But it's it's cool as hell. Well, th- thanks for watching it this way. It, it helps me talk about the show too, because oh, it's definitely. hard for me to talk about one of them in a vacuum, just because of the way that I have, you know wrote it, I guess. But um, yeah, so uh, that whole thing at the very end of the show, like that, should also say that uh, the, all that sixteenth material, that kind of static, like stacked harmony, kind of sixteenth stuff, and the the end of the show, that was from a, a it's a per- percussion ensemble piece called Liminality uh, by Dave Hall, uh, professor at North Texas now, but amazing piece of music, uh, really difficult and really just engaging textures, harmonic kind of twists and turns that really fit well with kind of just the energy of the, the end of the show. Um, but yeah, all that stuff is, again, it's like it, it really fit with like kind of staying like kind of static from a rhythmic standpoint or a, uh, not moving around so much and letting the voice kind of come through and be its own thing. Learned a lot about, you know, how to integrate those things together, um, you know, throughout this whole process. But Again, just thank you for watching it as a whole package because that was, um, again, it's more, it's, it's easier for me to talk about it that way for sure. Oh, totally understand. Yeah, I mean, we could sit here and watch YouTube videos of drum lines and like. Yep. I like that I too. Mean, sure. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. a good time for sure. Yeah, but, but it definitely changes the whole, yeah. the holistic approach and just the way you ingest the show when you watch yep. it as a full package. Um, Sure. The front just adds so much. Even like I alluded to earlier, watching the standstill when it's just the drumline and the brass, you just lose a very vital texture of the ensemble yep. that adds so, so much. Obviously, layering to what's going on. Um, yeah, of course. It, I mean, I don't write that way. I mean, I write. You know, it's it's a keyboard voice and a battery voice, and right mirrored together, and then it's like you fill in the things in between or. You know, usually that's the way it goes. There's like a primary thing in each, in each one or, you know, it's always... Linked. It would be the same if I listened to the yeah. keyboards and the brass without the drums or any sure. combination of the two out of three, I think. <laughs> it just yeah. would not sound not sound like, like you want it to. Yep. Yeah. Man. Yeah. So much Congrats good stuff to... there. Congratulations. Sure. I mean, I don't... Re- <laughs> the... I guess I can't say watch it without us jabbering, jabbering too, because it's not on YouTube, but <laughs> it, will, it, will be. It, will it will be eventually. It will be. So when it's up there, I will add the link to it I in appreciate our video the exclusivity. Yes, 100%. But I do encourage people that have watched this, once this comes out from the Blue Coast team, I am going to add the link to the video description here. And I encourage you, after, especially too, you listen to this, you hear all of Tom's insight, us go back and forth about these things, point out this, point out that. Go back after that's been pointed out and watch it without us. And just truly enjoy just enjoy it, take it in, appreciate 
appreciate it for what it is and the level of excellence that was achieved because it's they were good. Like Tom said earlier too, ton of good groups this year. But as an alumni, I'm super happy that it happened. <laughs> super happy that it, it won that Stanford first one in Bluecoats history. And I, I think I said it on our finals recap podcast. Um, well deserved. I think you all were the most consistent. You yeah. peaked. You gave it that extra 10% going into finals week where some others might have dropped off a little bit. And you all just stayed, stayed the course, worked hard, had an amazing vehicle, and it just really took it across the finish line and was amazing to watch and kind of kind of take in. I appreciate it, Mike. Thank you. Um, it was it was a fun ride. I, I, I mean, I congrats to all the groups. I mean, for yep. sure, like it was just a great season. And it was great to be out there with everybody and, you know, um, can't wait till 2023. So, yeah. And th- thank I, I, you I guys for, for, for doing this and giving an avenue for uh, all of us to come talk about no, know, the stuff we is... do summer. And, you know, it's, it's, it's great the service you provide and the, the outlet and the, more importantly, I think just the information that gets shared and, you know, yeah. gets put out there and transparency the, the and just. Yeah. The educational things that are it's just fun for us, conveyed. man. Yeah, and I was saying there's some selfishness to it too. We just enjoy doing this. Like, obviously, we're glad it adds stuff to the community, sure. and we love that and, and and cherish that that side effect. But selfishly, like, we just get to hang out with all you guys and just like learn yeah. so much and talk and chill and it's a blast. Well, you're filling uh, certainly a need, I think, in our community for sure because there's not not many things like this. So appreciate that. Appreciate, appreciate, appreciate it. it for sure. All right, I've got nothing else. Tom, Evan, you guys got anything? I'm good, bro. All right. Good. Everybody, I forgot to say it at the beginning. That's two videos in a row. I'm slacking. Head over to LoneStarPercussion.com. Use the discount code aged out. Save yourself $10 in your computers or more. There's the, the shill speech, you know, whatever. Uh, go check out social media, Facebook, Instagram. Check out the other YouTube content we put out. We talked to Unst already about the season. We talked to Ma- Macintosh. Be on the lookout. We have some stuff coming. We're in talks with Lauren Teal, talking about troopers. We're talking to uh, – we've reached out to Scott Johnson and talked to him. We're going to schedule that one. We're going to schedule Rudy Garcia, who's basically running the Blue Devils battery at this point. Um, who else have we talked to? Is there anybody else we have on the docket, Evan? Oh, Colin McNutt. We're going to hang out with him, watch some Boston, dig into things. So be on the lookout for that. We're going to have a bunch of stuff coming over the next weeks and months and whatever. But, yeah, it's been a blast. Um I'm done yammering, jabbering, whatever you want to call it. Right, Sanford 2022, Blue Coats Percussion. 100%. (laughs) See everybody next time. Peace.